Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit and in Christ the universal church. The communion of all believers, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen, right? Amen. So our call to worship comes from Psalm 66 today. Shout with joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name, Selah. Come and see what God has done. How awesome his works in man's behalf. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Selah. Praise our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. That word glorious stood out to me today as I read this passage several times, just ingesting it. There aren't many things in this world that I would describe as glorious. How about you? Think of that word. One that comes to my mind is Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Its highest peak is 6,288 feet. My husband actually climbed that three times. It's pretty amazing. It's a sight to see if you've never been. But imagine how much more glorious are the hands that formed that mountain. The same hands that formed the land and the sea that gave us night and day. They formed us in the womb. He deserves to be called glorious and how worthy he is of our praises. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are glorious. Oh, to look upon you and see that glory one day. How fortunate are we that you would love us so much. May we sing your praises today and every day. As Donna speaks, would we open our hearts and minds to hear your word? Would we worship you both in song and in listening and hearing? I pray for all of our beautiful mothers today. Thank you, God, for the gift they are. I pray for those of us who may be hurting a little more today. May we feel your love and peace. And now, may the rest of this service be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship. Good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're here, and so we're going to spend the next few minutes worshiping. Invite you to to stand and participate at whatever level you feel comfortable. So for some of you, that'll be singing. For some of you, you'll you'll raise your hands. But what we're trying to do, what we're attempting to do, is embrace the presence of God that's in this room. The Bible teaches us that the God that God inhabits the praise of his of his people. So as we worship, I invite you to begin the sense to ask God to show you the reality of his presence here this morning. And, and uh yeah. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. 
opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God still holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is joy in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung up on that cross and he rose up from the grave. Our God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Redeemed by His grace, let the house of the Lord sing free. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing free. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. That God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. One more time, there's joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your
Tasted and 
I was in a I was in a meeting this week, and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, as Christians, the Bible tells us that we have this hope. We have a hope of eternity. And you could be seated. Yeah, I should tell you that we have a hope of eternity. But as but as Pentecostals. As people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our today, our hope isn't just about when we die. Our hope is about today. The Holy Spirit brings hope because there's a transformative power of the Holy Spirit that's present in our lives. And so what does that mean? Very practically, it means that we can hope for healing. And so if you're here this morning and you don't feel well, there's hope for you. And it's not just in medicine. It's not just in doctors. If you're sick, you should go to the doctor. You should get medicine. But the Holy Spirit can heal you. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit for today. If you're in the middle of a relationship, you don't know where it's going and you don't have hope in that. The transformative power of the Holy Spirit transforms our lives. It changes us. It reworks us into new people. And so... We have hope for what that could be. If you're here this morning and you don't know where hope is, you don't have hope. We live in a world where people are struggling with anxiety, depression. He's okay. Um, in all kinds of uh, all kinds of disabilities and all kinds of things that steal our peace and steal our hope. And I was cognizant of that meeting that we talked about the Holy Spirit as I was in a meeting yesterday and I was talking with someone and I was talking to them about the fact the, the hope that my faith brings and this person said yeah I don't have that and I said but you could the hope of the Holy Spirit is available to all of us and so if you're here this morning and you need prayer You need the power of the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in you, whether it be for healing or in any other way. We believe that can happen here. And so if you would just simply raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you. If you need prayer, all over the room, people are raising their hands. In Acts chapter 2, it speaks of the initial time the Holy Spirit came and moved. And it it was so powerful that the presence was palpable. There was a way you could hear it. You could see it with tongues of fire on people's heads. Would you pray with me that we would have a palpable sense of God's spirit here this morning? It's not my eloquence that's going to do anything. It's the Holy Spirit that changes and brings hope. And so, Jesus, for people who are here this morning, first, I pray for a powerful evidence, tangible manifestation of your Holy Spirit in this room. And I pray for people who are here this morning who don't have hope. I pray for people who are online this morning, who are tuning in, who are struggling to even have hope. Holy Spirit, would you come? I pray for healing. The healing power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested today. I pray for relationships to be restored. I pray for finance... Uh, God, I pray that you would provide for those who don't know where the provision's coming from.
Spirit, move this morning, please. So we're just going to take a second to be quiet. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we worship you today. God of all creation, we come and we submit to you. We look to honor to you. And God, I pray that the work that you do in us God, I pray for Dawn right now as she sits in the hospital bed. God, I pray that your your spirit would be so palpable there that people in other rooms would start to be getting healed because of what you're doing in Dawn's life right now. God, give us the faith to believe you're going to do miraculous things. We worship you, God. I'm going to invite the elders to come. And as we are going to share communion today, and if you're new with us, this is something we do quite regularly. And what, what we do is we have our elders in the front, and they will stand up here with the elements. And we'll ask that you come to the closest center aisle to you. Come forward. Receive the elements. You're certainly invited to do that. And then bring them back to your seat, and we're going to share at the table together today. And so I invite you to stand and uh, Sam's going to continue to lead in song. If you're online and you want to sing loud enough to annoy the person in front of you, I invite you to do that. But uh, we're going to continue to worship and, and ask God for his presence to be revealed.
The Bible tells us that on the night he was betrayed, I think this is on. You can hear me, right? No one's ever not been able to hear me. Let's be honest. The Bible tells us that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he told his disciples that this was his body that had been broken for them. And that every year when they came back to that meal, that supper, and they came back to that part of the night, they should remember him. You see, this was a tradition for them to come to Passover supper. And this was, every part of that meal meant something. But when Jesus came, there was a whole new meaning to all of it. And so today... The reason that we have that hope for the Holy Spirit to do stuff is because Jesus broke his body for us. So would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made and for the hope that it brings. And I thank you that we have hope not just for when we die, but we have hope for today. Would you take the bread with me? After he took the, after supper, the Bible says that he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents a new covenant of, in my blood. Every time I come to this, I struggle to find the words. You see, there are no words in any language that can fully understand fully grasp, fully explain, fully express the gratefulness that I have, that we have, that what happened through that blood. Would you pray with me, Jesus? I thank you for a testimony of hope. I thank you that I was able to sit at that table yesterday and talk about the hope that I have in you. And I thank you for your immense display of love for each one of us. God, help us to know just how deeply you love us. And I pray that our response to the depth of your love would be to reflect you to our world. God, that you would work through us that people would see Jesus when they meet us. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you take the cup? In 1 Corinthians, when Paul is writing to them about instructing them on, on I'm going to, you can stand or sit, because in just a second you're going to say hello to each other. In 1 Corinthians, Paul's instructing the church in Corinth about how to have supper, this dinner, together in the right way. Because for Paul, so much of this involves community. And so, we don't eat this dinner alone. We corporately come together to the front. We share our, this time together. Because we're family. And so... In the weirdest transition you've ever seen, we're going to celebrate family. I encourage you to stand, find someone you haven't talked to in a while, say hello to them, introduce them. If they're new, find out how they heard about our church, and we'll be right back. 
all the moms. Moms of children who are still at home or all grown up. Moms who've outlived a son or daughter. Or moms of babies they never got to hold. Moms who've raised kids all on their own or became a mom to someone who needed one. Moms of children who have wandered from God or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you into the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. Well, welcome and happy Mother's Day. Welcome to those of you online. Happy Mother's Day as well. We are glad to celebrate our moms and all of those who mean mom kind of things to us today. And for sure, we know that today can also be a day of feeling some pain or feeling lost and sometimes a day of missed expectations. So we hold those things with you as well and we pray for comfort um, for some days that are hard for some of us. Um, but for moms, we're so thankful for you. The scripture tells us to honor our fathers and our mothers and we do that today. So moms, we honor you. There are two things before you leave service today. If you look in that direction or if you look in that direction, you'll see some flowers and vases. So kids, dads, that's your job today. Grab a flower for mom or for your wife and make sure they're honored in that way. And over um, in the Jerusalem room, there is a photo center set up. So Jessica will be there. She'll take your picture with her camera. If your mom's here today, you can grab a picture with your mom. If there's someone else that you just happen to be friends with in our church, just take your picture together. Have some fun. Um, that's set up there for you. So before you leave, grab a flower, um, take a picture, um, and we would love to to see you having some fun after service today, and we're glad that you're here. All right, a few more announcements to go through. Um, VBS is coming, and our next step in Vacation Bible School is we have our donation board ready for you to grab stars off of. So directly in the hallway um, behind you, there is a rocket ship full of stars behind it, and I would love if you would look at it, See if there's something that you can donate, a way that you can give. You can grab a star off the board. Um, find what it is at home. This happens to be a half-inch dowel. If you have a half-inch dowel at home or if you're willing to buy one, um, we would love for you to do that. You can bring this back with the item, and there will be a table for you to put it on. Um, you guys are so faithful every year to look at those things. There's all kinds of stuff that we need to provide a great week for the kids. So we thank you in advance. Um, for doing that, um, and I get excited as those things pile up on the table. Um, there are things to be donated or to be given, so take a look before you leave today so we can start our stellar experience um, right. All right. This is a more serious announcement, or a more formal announcement, I should say. Um, it is time to start the deacon nominating process for September. So before we start the nominating process, we need a nominating committee. Um, the nominating committee will be made up of a deacon and an elder, which Pastor Jason will choose. And then we need two of you from the congregation. So before um, we start that, we need... 
as long as you're a member of the church in good standing, which means that you come here on a regular basis, um, you can be part of the nominating committee. So if you're willing to serve, you can tell Pastor Jason, you can see one of our elders, let them know that you are willing to serve. It will just be a few meetings as we prepare for deacon nominations. So that does not mean you are a deacon. That means you get to help choose, help be part of the process. So in the next two weeks before May 28th, if you can see Pastor Jason, if you're interested in being part of that committee, if you are in the congregation and know of someone who thinks, I think they would serve well in that way, um, you can ask them and then bring their name to Pastor Jason as well. So there are ways that you can serve in that way as we get ready to um, nominate some new deacons for September. Does that make sense? So if you're interested, it's easy. There's not a lot of meetings to go to, and we would love for your input. Um, if you're not involved in other things, it's a great way to be involved. All right, and finally, um, as we think about um, welcoming people, that's one of our core values here. Um, that is, This is a place where people are welcome and cared for. So if you are new here, we hope that someone welcomes you this morning. We strive to do that. Um, There are new here cards in the pew in front of you. You can scan the QR code. You can fill that out. And hopefully, if you're brand new, you got a um, new here information card um, that you can bring over to our information center. And that's one of the things that we are building up. We've just started. Pastor Jerry is there waiting for you to answer your questions. If you bring over your information card, there is a gift for you for um, doing that just to welcome you, to let you know that we're very glad you're here. So that you'll see that evolve over the next few weeks and months as we build that up a bit. But um, as a congregation, as a family, we thank you for providing things, um, providing the ways that we can welcome people. We thank you for welcoming people as you see new people here. Um, and as always, we're so grateful for your financial giving, for the ways that you support um, this congregation so that we can um, care for the people here in our congregation and care for people outside of our doors as well. So all of those things being said, we are very glad you're here. We're going to worship a little bit more together. So let's stand as we do that. You ready to worship together one more time? I was just thinking about the words of this song this morning, and it's one that probably a lot of you know really well. But I think sometimes we can get stuck in, this is just what we do at church, we sing songs together. We don't really think about the words, we're just singing along because that's what we do. But this is also, even for me, a time of reflection on who the Lord is and reflecting even on the words that we're singing and, and kind of pulling them close, deciphering, what does this mean in my life today or in this season? You know, do I really believe that God is this when I sing these words? So we're going to sing, you know, the first verse talks about you restore every heart that's broken. And I feel like God was showing me this week, like, it's not just kind of a one move that he makes. Like, he restores once and that's it. Everything's done. Everything's good. He is constantly restoring. He's always, it's a, it's a, I believe he's a God of process most of the time. Yes, he can deliver immediately, of course, but... I believe he's a God of process and he's always walking out restoration with us. He's always restoring our hearts, even if it's little piece by little piece. So as we sing these words together, just just pull in close to Jesus and just reflect on these words. And and we're going to worship together here one last time.
give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. Again, you give life. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is
Lord, we praise your name for surely you are a great God and you do great things. And Lord, in the times when it doesn't feel that way, in the hard times, we praise you. In the good times, we praise you. In the desperate times, we praise you. In the times we feel alone and like you are nowhere to be found, we praise you. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I pray for each one here, Lord, that you would speak to their heart and that they would just listen to your whisper. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And children, you may be dismissed for Children's Church. Welcome to Faith Discovery Church. If we haven't met, my name is Joy. I am Jason's wife, and actually I would love to meet you. If we haven't met, come find me at the end of service if I don't find you first. It's such a privilege to be here today. I truly love being with family on Sundays, and you guys are my family. So thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to be with us here And I have the honor of introducing our speaker this morning. Um, And she is someone who has meant so much to me. She's somebody that has for many years been a great influence in my life. She, for many years, was my pastor's wife. So she was not only somebody who had great influence in my life, but she was a great example of how to be um, for me. Pastor Don and Donna were the pastors at Bethany Church for over 30 years, right? Um, And Donna was such an amazing example to me um, of how to be. I saw her lead alongside her husband. I saw her, the first time I saw her speak and give a word, I was amazed. She showed me that um, I don't have to just be a certain type of person, but God, can, when he gives you a word, it's powerful. She showed me that um, a pastor's wife, a woman in ministry, doesn't look have to look a certain way. How we all have a seat at the table, how God has called us all individually. And when we be ourselves, when I got to see her lead, it was powerful because she was truly being herself and letting the Lord lead through her. So thank you for that. And I even told her this morning we came to Bethany at a time when it was very healing for us. And um, she was a great example to me, to my husband, of how we wanted to be and how we wanted to reflect the Lord in our ministry. She loves powerfully. She loves the Lord. She loves women in ministry. And she's such an encouragement. So, Donna, would you come? Thank you. Thank you for who you've been to, Jason and I. Thank you. Jess. We love you. Love you too. Do you need this? I do. I need okay. that. And here, I'll let you take this. Okay. The question is, do I need these? I think I might. <laughs> well, good morning, church. It is an honor to be here. Thank you, Pastor Jason and Joy, for uh, allowing me to be here. The last time uh, my husband and I were here, we were here to install your pastor. And uh, we love just seeing what God is doing here in the house. And uh, thank you for, you know, it's not always, you know, you just don't give up your pulpit to anyone. You're trusting me, yeah, not to preach any heresy today, right? <laughs> I, I promise I won't. I won't. 
but anyway, it is great to, great to be here at Faith Discovery Church and uh, love the opportunity to share. And uh, thank you, Joy. I love what God's doing in, uh, in your life, too, and how you are drawing uh, other uh, ministry wives together to, like, do this. We want to be able to serve the Lord, uh, not perfectly, uh, that day will happen when we all get to heaven, but obviously with his help and with uh, his encouragement, his gifts, we're able to do it. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've said Happy Mother's Day quite a bit today, but I'm going to say it again. It is Mother's Day, and I do want to honor all the moms in the house today. And uh, it can be a tough day for um well, it can be a tough day for moms, too. Trust me. We could say, yes, happy Mother's Day. I'm a mom. But there are some hard days that come along with that, too. So it's a day of blessing, but it also can be a day of heartbreak and sadness. But then I thought about that. And honestly, isn't kind of every Sunday like that? I mean, it's Mother's Day, and so we have that wave of emotions. But honestly, every Sunday when we meet in God's house, some of us come after an incredible week of God blessing us, and we have, like, amazing testimonies. And then sometimes we enter God's house, and it's been a hard week. Uh, It's been a week of maybe uh, of some bad news. Maybe it's a week that we it didn't go the way we thought. Uh, So no matter how you came today, I want to encourage you that God is in the house. And I love the songs that we sang today. And one of my favorites, it's kind of been a one I've, held on to in some of our transition is that his goodness is running after us. Uh, It is so true and that we will sing of that goodness in our lives no matter what we're walking through. So uh, a while back, I watched a short video by Pastor Stephen Furtick, and it was on living in dual seasons. And that kind of a little bit talks about a little bit of the duality of our life in how we enter into God's house, how we walk every day. So he said this. He said, you might have a lot of money. Anybody here in the house with a lot of money? Well, if you if you have a lot of money, then you are in plenty. But you may not have a lot of time, and so you're in want. You might have a lot of peace. There's plenty, but not very good health. There's want. You may have a good career path trajectory, which is plenty, but you may have a relationship with a teenager that is broken and there's want. So for the most part of our lives, that's how we live. We live in that duality of want and plenty, and it can shift, and uh, hallelujah for those weeks when we think, ah, this was just a week of plenty, but sometimes it's a week of want. So we're all living in this. So I think what I'm asking today on this Mother's Day, and for those of you that are online, and I actually know after pastoring for so many years, there are women who stay home on Mother's Day because it's so painful for them. And uh, so I just want to encourage you today, and I want to encourage us, that when we're in the midst of our, uh, of our want, we still applaud those who are in plenty. You know, Scripture tells us that we're to... Uh, mourn with those who mourn, but rejoice with those who rejoice, right? Sometimes uh, we can walk in that place of mourning, but when sometimes when things are going really well for someone else and the Lord tells us that we're to rejoice with them when maybe things aren't going so well with us, it's difficult for us. But there is blessing in that. You know, my own personal journey is one of want when it comes to mothers. Um, so I was 16 when my mother passed away. 
Uh, and so that was hard because I often thought about that's a rough time to lose your mom because how many of you know that at 16 you think you know everything? So I lost uh, my mom as a, as a best friend. I, I see some of my friends who have been able, they've grown up with their moms and they've moved out of that role of being the mom who bosses you around to the mom who goes shopping with you and buys stuff for you. So uh, I had that. I had that lack of with my mom passing when I was so young. And then also when Don and I were first married, uh, our first pregnancy, I lost in miscarriage. So I understand. And I have uh, a daughter-in-law and I have a daughter who have miscarried. Uh, I have eight grandbabies in heaven. And so I always think about, yeah, there will be days when we will rejoice because those lives will be there and God's hand is on us. So I am extra sensitive, and so wherever you are in your journey today, I want you to know that you're loved, and um, this house is a place that loves you, and that God loves you, that you're honored and appreciated today. I also am reminded of a message that I heard a while back out of the uh, Exodus chapter 1, and I'd never heard this story quite like this, but if you're familiar with uh, that story with um, Israel is enslaved by Egypt, and Pharaoh is a little bit concerned about these babies that are being born. And so there's a passage at the very end of, of chapter 1 where the midwives were helping the Jewish women have their babies. And they were letting them live. And Pharaoh was a little bit concerned about that. And um, he asked them about what. And, he, and they said, if you remember the story, they said, oh, they're not like Egyptian women. They have those babies before we even get there. So they were saving uh, those uh, Jewish babies but one of the things this story tells us that those midwives were barren and so it says that they chose even in their barrenness to minister to the very place of their want I thought wow that is powerful because of this God then blessed their wombs because so because of what they did he gave them families so I believe the truth in this passage is if we let God in the middle of our want or our lack, and we press into him, and even in those painful places, that he will bless us in ways that will surprise us. So I, I just want to encourage you that sometimes it's easy for us when we are in the hurting place that we want to step away and not move into places of honoring and blessing and serving. But can I just tell you that blessing will come to you. It's, just, it's the law of the harvest. So when we bless in that place of our lack, God wants to come in and touch us. So uh, I just want to pray for us this morning before I bring uh, the passage that I want to speak about. So, Father, I pray for uh, your sons and daughters this morning. I pray for moms and dads. I pray for children. And I pray, God, that you would just use these words today, that you encourage us, that your word is powerful, that you love us. Love, I, I love, God, that your very nature uh, Put is in us as moms that nurture and love and care. Your scripture talks about that you gather those little chicks like a hen gathers uh, your, your children like the, the hen gathers her chicks. And so there's this place of gathering. And so we gather in your house today and we thank you, God, that you're present in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my passage today, and I'm going to hear some moans out of some of you women, because it's out of Proverbs 31. And we all go, oh, please, really, Proverbs 31 woman that no one can be like. But I want to 
kind of pull this passage apart a little bit and just look at some of the things that this woman, who she is, how she navigates her life, and why she's called uh, this blessed woman. I call it the Proverbs 31 path, and it's a path that we all can walk on. I mean, we read this, and sometimes guys can say, oh, this is talking about women, but so many things in, her, in the character of who she is is really for all of us. It's God's character being released through this woman that he wants to um, use his character in us. So I want to look at this with fresh eyes, and let's not beat ourselves up with with our own imperfections, but let's look and see how God wants us to live. So if you have your Bibles or you have your device that you pull up your scriptures on, let's look at Proverbs 31, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 31. It says, Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and praises her. Many women do noble things, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her own works bring her praise at the city gates. So as we look at these specific verses, I want to just say, let's, let's see how God touches each one of our hearts in places maybe where we haven't thought about these words applying. So the first thing in verse 25, it says that she is clothed with strength and honor. So first of all, how many of you know that when you become a follower of Jesus, that you, in your life, you receive a whole new wardrobe? We get Jesus. He says that we take off our old nature And we get a new nature. We get new clothing to put on. And it says she's clothed with strength and honor. So I love the idea of a new wardrobe. How many, how many ladies are with me, right? New wardrobe, new shoes, get rid of the old stuff. Well, as exciting as that is for us to get new stuff to wear, how much more is it for us to wear Jesus? To realize that some of those old things that we kind of feel like, I really don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want that old nature. I don't want those old clothes. I want the newness of what Christ gives me. That's that's, more, that's even more exciting. And so I just pray that, like, I, every day when we get up in the morning, both men and women, we choose what we wear, right? Uh, if you're probably like my husband, sometimes he'll ask me what he should he should wear, right? Uh, but we make a choice on what we wear physically, but we also get a choice on what we wear spiritually. And uh, our attitudes are just so important, and we can get up in the morning and, and say, you know what? Lord, this is the day you have made. I will rejoice in it. So what's my attitude? Help me to clothe myself with strength and honor. Isaiah 61.10 says, He has clothed us with garments of salvation and given us a robe of righteousness. How awesome is that? We're, we're clothed with salvation. So out of our lips, out of what we wear, should be a salvation message. Out of what we wear should be uh, this righteousness that Christ gives us. Ephesians 6 also tells us that we have a full new wardrobe of armor, including feet fitted with good news. So we take off those old garments, our old nature, and we put on Christ, the new nature. 
So this armor, and if you've not done a study on the armor of God, I encourage you to do that. Ephesians chapter 6, we get we cover from head to, head to toe, helmet of salvation, belt of truth, shield of faith, uh, breastplate of righteousness, good, the gospel good news shoes, like those things that are part of what we wear every single day, we get to put them on and be Jesus to those around us. So how do I wear strength and honor? We get that from the Lord. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes we look at those areas of our life that are that show those weaknesses. But if we want to be clothed in strength, we recognize those places of weakness. We give them to the Lord, and then he gives us his strength to walk in. And also, honor, because it belongs to him, he then extends honor to us through the same grace that he gives us strength. It's his honor, and it's his strength. I looked at the meaning of strength, and I thought about, so what does that mean to walk in strength? And I thought about uh, asking this question, what are your core values? That's what your strength is. What it, what's the very core of you? Uh, what do you believe and if you really believe that, and that core value is there, that strength in you is going to allow you to walk that out. Um, it, those core values mean that I'm not easily swayed. I hope that in your, especially in these days, where there's so much out there and there's so much um, movement in what we, is being, are we being told to believe that we can be swayed? And I just pray that your core is strength in God's word, that you're not easily swayed by every wind of doctrine that keeps, you know, going around us you know james tells us that um, we're not to be double-minded that when we're double-minded that we are tossed to and fro we can't receive from the lord so let's get strong in our core all right and let's know what we believe and stay strong in that Uh, that strength is how i relate to others and it's honorable when I do that with with you and with others around me it means i can be trusted so when our our strength, our core is strong, and people know where we stand, then we can be trusted and there's honor in that. So those are great garments to put on, strength and honor. The second thing in verse 25, it says that she rejoices in the days to come. So I thought, wow. I mean, we, we try not to spend a whole lot of time watching the news or hearing some of the things, but it's hard to escape it totally, right? I mean, we don't want to be... Uh, walking around with our heads stuck in sand and so we're oblivious but sometimes in the things that we know that are out there it's hard for us to rejoice and I thought about how fear is just so rampant and if fear is the thing that holds us then it's really hard for us to be joyful it's hard for us to rejoice we don't have to look far Uh, if we're not careful we can get caught up in the chatter of those around us and we can forget whose we are and what kingdom we belong to. Can I get an amen with that? We don't live in this world system. We live in a different kingdom. And so how we walk this out, how we choose to walk in, a, in, a, uh, in joyful. I mean, listen, if, if we don't sound like the world, like if, I used to always kind of say this when, when uh, you'd be in the grocery store and sometimes you're muttering to yourself. And listen, we can mutter a lot now because prices have, have definitely escalated. And we can sound a little bit like the world in the complaint. But if we have a God who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, then we can walk through and we can ask God to give us wisdom and help us to make our dollars stretch 
But the world needs to see that as believers, that our voice is different, that we can live joyful in the midst of no matter what we're walking through. So we belong to Jesus. He is the one who holds our future, and it's why we can rejoice. The word rejoice, and this is probably going to, this can, number could probably fluctuate in depending on what version that you read in, but I looked in uh, um, how many times rejoice is mentioned. <clears throat> In the Old Testament, 222 times, and 26 times in the New Testament. And that's just rejoice. That's not joy. It's not, but that's, I think God wants to let us know something that we can rejoice. It's a lot of rejoicing that he wants us to walk in. The NIV uses the word laugh at the days to come. She can laugh. I can tell you sometimes I don't feel like laughing when I hear some of this stuff. But if we really believe what God <clears throat> says about us and to us through his word, we can rejoice in the days ahead. It really is a trust thing. I thought about an old chorus that dates me. Uh, and so some of you young people will say, I don't have any idea what chorus she's talking about. But there's truth in this word. It says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future I know who holds my future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It can only come in the Lord. And I kind of looked at that. You know, anytime there's re in front of a word, it means do it again, right? Um, so rejoice means you were joyful, Let's do it again. Repeat this joyful place in your, in your life. Um, it is, it's an ongoing thing to come back again to that place of like, what, what brings me joy? Jesus brings me joy. His word brings me joy. His promises bring me joy. The fact that he has done that for me in my past, I can trust him for my today and I trust him for my future. So, I can rejoice in that, even though my circumstances may not look like I should be a person who rejoices. Uh, the scripture says that uh, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Wow. For the joy set before him endured the cross. And so this is, it's kind of a, um, uh, it's a paradox, right? Because the joy, which was us, we are really on the other side of the cross. But, the, but his obedience to go to the cross, he saw the joy. And so I want us to think about that when you're going through a difficult time, that you can see Jesus in the midst of it and that there is going to be joy on the other side. We are going to have a testimony on it. I love one of the things that Joyce Meyer used to always say, you know, we all want a testimony. We just don't want to test. But. It's a little hard to get a testimony if we don't walk through a test in, of our, in our lives and allow Jesus to enter in and be the answer for us, right? All right, so number three is uh, verse 26. She speaks with wisdom and kindness. You know, and as I said earlier, like we're talking about this woman, but honestly, I could put he in front of this too, right? He or she speaks with wisdom and kindness. There is power in our tongues. We all know that our words are powerful. Actually, Proverbs says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we say makes a difference in our lives, makes a difference in those around us. 
You know, it says that she speaks with wisdom. Well, how do we get wisdom? James says, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give it freely to us. I think sometimes we just forget to ask him. It says here that we are supposed to, we get wisdom, we seek wisdom, we walk in wisdom, and we put away foolishness. That wisdom will guide us, and in that wisdom, kindness comes out of those words. Scripture says, who of you wants to see good days? Yeah, right? We all do. I think we all want to see good days. But when we analyze our speech, we don't have to go very far to see maybe why our lives are in such chaos. Like, what are we speaking about? Are we talking about dread? Are we talking about how bad things are? Is everything a complaint? Well, it's, I can't remember the, the cartoon, but remember there was this, the one cartoon that the cloud always went over him all the time no matter where he went you know are, are we that Debbie Downer are we the person that's always talking about you know are we critical and uh, and if there, there can't be much rejoicing in our life if everything we do and everything we say is negative why there's so much fighting and hostility I mean we don't have to look very far for that when we watch the news right it's like there's nobody that has any kind word. If you're on one side of the aisle, you have no kind words for the other side, vice versa. There needs to be a place where we as believers don't sound like the world, where we really need to analyze the things that we speak. Are we speaking the things that God wants us to speak? And when we do, then we will see good days. This woman in Proverbs 31 is choosing wise and kind words and because of it she is blessed by her children and praised by her husband it's a choice gang it's a choice what we speak about and uh, i hope that you have encouragers in your life that help you do that Uh, sometimes it's hard uh, but if we can just be that encouragement and we can speak that over other people's lives that they will also get the hint that we can bless one another I also thought about this and seeking wisdom and, and uh, having kind words. I thought about how we need to be prophesying over one another. We need to be prophesying over our homes, our spouses, our children, our jobs, our employers, and our employees. Again, if we if all we if all we think about as moms, if if we're just see our kids and we see everything that they're doing wrong but we're not believing that God has plans and purposes for them let's call those things out let's pray the word of God over our kids let's pray the word of God over our our circumstances let's pray the blessing of the Lord that's what being prophetic is all about it's all about seeing what God sees and if you can't see it ask God to show you in your prayer time God what if Oh, my goodness, if everything he saw over our own lives, my goodness, we would probably be feeling pretty frustrated. But that's not how he sees us. He sees us clothed in Christ. And that's how he prophesies over us. He believes in us. He gives us gifts. He, He fills us with his Holy Spirit to walk out the fruit of his spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control right so those are things that he gives us that's what he speaks over us and we need to do that with one another what if we left here today and purposefully decided to speak life and hope and value over one another do you think life would look different for us do you think it would look different for those people that are around us 
What if we spent more time encouraging each other and building one another up rather than pointing out faults and imperfections? How do you think this could change your little circle of the world? I think it's powerful. And when we do that, then encouraging words and blessed words come back to us. That's what this proverb is saying. It says, she blessed, she showed kindness, and sowed wisdom and faithful instruction, and it was poured back on her by her children and her husband and by those at the city gate. Number four, she watches and is not idle. She is on task. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This word watch in the Old Testament in Genesis is the word shamar. And it's literally the word that God gave Adam to watch to shamar over the garden. We sometimes read that and it's like he, he says, look, look out for the garden. And we think God is just asking him to pay attention to, uh, you know, the garden and make sure you, you know, get the fruit when it's ripe and all that stuff. But what God was telling him to do is you, you are the watchman over this. You're to make sure that nothing comes in this garden that changes the atmosphere, that does, that has the plan that I have for this place for you and for the, and future generations. Well, we know Adam and Eve did not do well watching over the garden and they allowed a snake, a serpent to come in. But this is the word that God was asking Adam to do. It's also the word in Isaiah 62. Where it says there are watchmen posted on the city wall to make sure that the enemy does not get into the city. It's pretty profound, right? The God is going to call us to be watchmen. So here it says she watches and she's not idle. That means she's, she is on task to what God has asked her to do as it relates to her family. It means I'm not going to be idle and just act like everything in my life is fine. And if my kids are going off track, I ignore it. It means I am called to shamar. I am called to be the watchman. And I am called to speak life. And I'm called to speak the word of God into my children's life. We need to have our eyes focused while we're on the wall as we're watchmen. We need to have knees down so what we see, we pray. And then we need to have voices that are raised that speak the truth to those around us and specifically into the lives of our children. I think so much I see where parents are so afraid. And we have a culture now that's that's really even taking more and more rights away from the voice of parents. But we need to stay strong and we need to stay committed to what we believe God has called us to do and be the voice and be the watchman for our children. One of the best ways to see our families blessed is to be watchmen over them, praying and interceding. I can't help but think of the saying, not on my watch. It gets tiring, can I tell you? There were times when I felt like when our kids were little that the battle seemed incessant. Like, it was like, really, didn't we just deal with this? Didn't we just have to have a conversation about this? Weren't you just grounded because of this? Right? But we do not have the luxury to ever give up. Devil, you can't have my kids. Now I say you can't have my grandkids. You can't have my finances. You can't have my family. 
You can't have what God has promised me. And we need to fight for that. And that goes back to Ephesians chapter 6 when it talks about the things that God has clothed us with. And he's given us armor to put on because he's expecting us to fight a battle. But can I tell you that's a battle that he's already won. He's leading the way. So we have to ask ourselves this question. What have we allowed to enter into the gates of our city or our homes by not being good watchmen? You know, it's not too late. If you've let the guard down a little bit, it's not too late to step up. We used to, I think, sometimes have conversations with our kids where we felt like, ah, you know what? Uh, Certain things that maybe we were stronger on child number one by child number three, we got extra tired. And so maybe we weren't as as, um, strong. And so we had to kind of back up a little bit and, and again be reminded by the Holy Spirit what we're called to do. One of the things that brought me back to the Lord was uh, when we had our firstborn, Jason. And I, 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 I can hear the voice of the Lord saying to me, Donna, you will stand accountable for how you raise your son. Wow. That was pretty intense. And it wasn't just about, you know, raising a good boy. But it, God was asking me, you will be accountable to how you raise him to my principles to know me to love me that's where our accountability and that's the best place for us to step into and be the watchman you know i remember when don and i first got saved we may have been a little radical but i think god honored our zeal and blessed us in spite of being that radical and because of so this is the 70s and uh, so I'm going to say terms that I don't even know that you say these things anymore. But we threw out every one of our rock and roll albums. We threw out every bit of alcohol. We threw out every questionable book and magazine. And we went to the dump. And we threw ourselves headlong into Jesus. And we said, now what? We've never looked back. And to the best of our ability and the Holy Spirit's leading, we've watched. We've shimmered. We've prayed, we've instructed, and disciplined the family that he gave us. We were not perfect by any means. If my kids were here, they'd probably have all said amen to that, uh, because there's not one of us that are, but we do the best we can. I actually had uh, my youngest son a while back ask this question to me, because he's now raising three boys, and I'm sure trying to figure out sometimes, you know, that the ebb and flow of what what's What's the most important thing? What are we going to be really strict on? And I think if you ask my kids, they probably would say that Don and I were strict. Uh, but we were loving and we always, we never just for no reason had rules. There was always, there was always purpose and reason behind it. But he said, Mom, if you could do it over again, would, would there be anything that you maybe, you said we shouldn't, you know, that you didn't want us to do? And if you look back at it now, it really wasn't that big a deal and you would not do it the same way. I was like, whoa, that's a good question. Be prepared for those. Um, but, you know, I thought, I, I kind of knew where he was going because there was a couple things that he pushed the envelope on. And I think he was trying to figure out, like, silly things. Like, I remember when the tail was the big thing, and that's what he wanted. And we said, no, you can't have a tail. Um, how many knows what, what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's hair. It's a hair tail. Um, but, you know what I said to him? I go, you know what, John? No, because, again, not perfect, but at the time, we, we just felt led. We believed what we, we did was what God told us to do. 
So uh, sometimes we can't really go back and rehearse some of that stuff, right? But in the midst of this, I want to just tell you how good God was to my husband and I. We loved music because we'd already and we'd thrown away a bunch of stuff that the words were not great with. And uh, we loved current music. Don used to play in a band, and um, so we loved music. And our limited knowledge of church music was hymns, and so we were like getting ready to, you know, button down the hatches and go, "Okay, here we go, hymns it is." A um, little hard for twenty-somethings and kind of how we were raised. But most incredible thing happened about the same time we got saved. So did hundreds and thousands of young people across America. It was called the Jesus Movement. And uh, how many of you? How many of you seen the movie? The Jesus Movement. Jesus Revolution. That's right. Thank you. Yeah? Oh, okay. You have to see it. So, because it's a story of kind of how current music is, why it is here today, and how God touched a generation. So many rock and rollers began to write God-given anthems and choruses that struck the hearts of a generation. And a new sound was birthed, and God said, here's your music. You see, I believe God will always give us something better when we obey him. He will give us new wine for old wine, new songs for old ones, and he gives us a living word of hope. Pastor, you talked about that this morning. Instead of despair, we have a message of hope. Fifth thing says that she does noble things, verse 29. Biblical nobility, or what is nobility? It's to show fine personal qualities and high moral principles or ideals. In other words, it's our character, it's our values, and our behavior. It's how we live out our personal and our public life. That's what to be be noble is. So I thought since it's Mother's Day, and just so you can get an idea that, uh, yeah, I'm not perfect, and did some things I'm going to share mom fail with you. I have to go back a few years. I'm sure there's some more current, but... Uh, while I was in the throes of parenting a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-year-old, and also healing from cancer surgery and chemotherapy, I had a moment, one that I'm not super proud of, but it kind of talks a little bit to this. So my kids were fighting, and uh, they were just in the throes of arguing with one another. Uh, my voice could not get loud enough over theirs, and so they were full-on fighting, and so They just were ignoring me, so I did what any good mother would do. I pretended to faint. Yes, I did that. So I just slithered to the floor in the kitchen, and they all came running to me. And like, Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? And so it worked. It stopped their fighting. Uh, I got their attention, but then I felt a little bit bad about how I did it. So I had to go, okay, guys, Mom didn't really faint. But I had to do that because you weren't listening to me. So this is the thing with that. I only could do it one time. So no fainting after that was going to work. So good, Mom, what's she doing now? But the thing that's honorable, the thing that brought the nobility was that I owned up to it. So parents, own up to when we don't do it right. I think sometimes our kids just need to see that. They live with this sometimes persona that we, we did it. You know, that we were perfect and that everything we do is perfect. And so when we don't do it right, we just let them know that and ask them to forgive us. It's one of the greatest things that we can do. Nobility looks different for each of us. It really is what God speaks to your heart about what you do. It's in raising our kids. 
being exemplary at our jobs, helping the less fortunate, reaching out beyond ourselves. The list goes on of what we do. I thought about that, that the Proverbs 31 woman is really the culmination of all of us. When we all do our part, we look like God's body. We look like his bride, and we do exemplary things. Number six, not last, or least, but she fears the Lord. And honestly, I think that really is kind of like should be the first thing that we look at is that we fear the Lord in all we do. When we fear the Lord, then we get to wear the greater covering. We wear him. We wear strength. We wear honor. You know, we live in a culture um, where there's so many lies about our beauty. You know, it says that uh, she's honored uh, not because of her beauty, but of, of who she is. So we live in this culture that says that we are too, you know, you can fill in the blank of what it tells us. We're too fat, too thin, too plain, too stupid, too short, too tall, too whatever. But we have a God who has made us to be too treasured, too cherished, too valued, and too honored. The world shames, but God honors us. Let's make sure that what we do brings honor and not shame to others. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, the wis- of wisdom. So all the Proverbs really flow out of the fear of the Lord. It's how we walk wise. It's how we walk in strength and honor. It's how we walk in nobility. So I just wanted to honor my husband this morning. I'm honored by him. This week we'll celebrate 53 years of marriage. It's crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> He has praised me and blessed me, encouraged me to walk in my calling. He's called me beautiful on days when I didn't feel beautiful. He's thanked me and helped me. He has been used by God to speak into my life, even when it was hard to hear. I love you. Thank you. And I'm also blessed by my children. They have... They may never have actually got up in the morning and called me blessed. Mornings are always tough, you know, getting them out of bed and get ready for school, but... I am thankful for the title mom, thankful for my great children, my daughters-in-law, my son-in-law, and my grandchildren. They are my crown and joy. The last thing that uh, says in verse 31, it says she earns due praise. Proverbs 31, 31 says, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This last verse brought back a memory for me. So I told you when I was 16, my mom passed away. And um, my stepdad finished raising us. And it was, we were one, it was one of three girls. And I thought the man was uh, a saint because my older sister, 17, I was 16. My younger sister was 13. And we were a handful and he could have shipped us off to ants and uh, someplace else, but he chose to finish raising us. He was not very demonstrative. That His character and his nature was very rigid, and he uh, not real affirming or ex- had a lot of expression. But he provided for us, and we knew that he loved us. With my mom gone, all the tasks at home were all now divided up to the three of us girls. One of us would set and clear the table, and one would sweep the floor, and the other would do the dishes. This would rotate every week. One week, as I was standing at the kitchen sink, he walked by and he said this to me, Donna, one day you are going to make a good wife. Of course, none of us went to hear that because we were doing our dishes, 
but I want to let you know that today, as I stand here, I can still see myself at that kitchen sink, and I can still hear his voice. I really believe God used his voice to prophesy over me over 50 years ago. Oh, it was more than being a good wife. It was a good word. Can I encourage us today that those are the good words that those around us are wanting to hear, to tell someone, to affirm them, to let them know they are doing something really good and powerful and loving. You know, a lot of times we think about stuff and we forget. We don't say it. Let's be attentive to it. Let's be. Let's have action to our steps and let people know how um, how proud we are of them. Let our kids know that. So there's power of God's words. They can prophesy hope and belief in something greater. It's the truth of what and who we wear. It's the words we say and the words we hear. It's the power of prayer knowing he has a better plan. So I don't know about you, but this morning and tomorrow morning and for the rest of my days, I want to choose a Proverbs 31 path. Oh, I'm not going to do it perfectly. But to the best of my ability and to what the Holy Spirit leads and guides, that's what I want to do. We can only do it through Jesus, one day at a time and one step at a time. It's the grace of God in our lives. So I just want to have you stand with me before Pastor Jason comes. And I just want to pray for you. I pray that somewhere in these verses, God maybe highlighted an area where you said, Ah, yeah, I, I really need to have the Holy Spirit work in that area of our life. Because listen, it's not nothing I can do on my own. It's only what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. And I just pray that in a world out there that is cruel and hard and broken and needs so much the love of Jesus to come across, that's, that's really what this woman is doing. She's just exemplifying and wanting to walk out the call of God and the Holy Spirit in her life to be an encouragement to those around. One of the things that my husband and I did for all the years we pastored, every time we prayed, we just said, put your hand over your heart. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you this morning. Father, I thank you, God, for this house. I thank you for the people that represent this church and their communities and their jobs, their homes. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide this preacher and my home and my kids, my husband, and all that we do, Lord, that we would flourish and be who you've called us to be. And I pray that for this house. I pray that it would be a place where people would come in and find the hope and they would come in and find the good word to help them to navigate their Mondays and their Tuesdays, and their Wednesdays, their Thursdays, and their Fridays before they enter back into the house again. Would you bless and encourage them in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jason. Thank you, Pastor Donna. Um, As you spoke, as you talked about, especially, especially when you said prophesy, um, I was thinking about um, John 10.10. 10. Uh, every one of you, God has call, come so that you could live a life to the fullest. Everything, every, every person in this room, God has created you for a purpose, and it's for greatness. 
And he wants you to experience the absolute fullness of life. And so thank you so much for sharing today, Donna. Uh, really appreciate that. If you would just stand, I'll offer today's benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Jesus, as we go today, I pray that your presence would be tangible, and I pray that your calling on each of our lives would be an encouragement, that we would have the hope of the Holy Spirit to walk into, and that we would speak life into the lives of other people, and that you would be glorified because of it. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. We will see you next Sunday. Make sure you stop by the photo booth and the info center. And thank you so much.